0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Contrast Coach C Podcast. It's Christine Nielsen here, Master Coach and Business Consultant. This uh, next series uh, that we're doing is really all about leadership gap and multi-generational leaders in our companies. So as many of you who might be listening to this, whether you're a small business owner or you're currently working in a large corporate, you will be faced with all of the challenges and the benefits of having multi-generations work inside your companies. so this is applicable for everybody. When you're listening to this, I really want you to look at what are my challenges with my people, and one of the biggest challenges is often leadership. But it's also the way we think about business and how we've you know been raised on business and what are the business issues, what are the key core components, and you'll hear people complain about different generations. That's nothing new. You know, ever since the days when you know I started working. Um, really the leadership then complained about the young people, right? And that's not going to change. So, you know, there's always this misunderstanding and often it comes down to miscommunication. And at contrast, when we coach our clients, what we look at is really what is it that they're complaining about? And most fundamentally, when you think about it, people all want the same things. We all want to know when we get up in the morning that our lives matter, that what we do for our business, what we do in our days, that it made a difference, that we made an impact. And you're seeing a lot more of that with uh, impact business and, and a lot more impactfulness and impact leadership. And one of the challenges that we have is even though we have those core values, we say things differently and we mean different things and we have different drivers. So, the things that motivated uh, a baby boomer, for instance, you know, work harder, work smarter, provide for the family, uh, and retire, don't necessarily motivate a Gen X or a millennial, a Gen Y, or, and now the up and coming generation of Gen Z. So, now we have four generations working in our companies, and you see so many different things. When you're working around these different generations, I recently had the opportunity to, to interview and work with Mike Slade. He uh, He's an incredible businessman uh, out of Seattle, and he's worked with greats like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. and. Um, really high, high tech giants. And he, you know, is one of the forefronts and one of the leaders in technology, you know, and worked with Steve and and Bill. And really now he looks at, you know, before when he worked at Microsoft and the kinds of people that Microsoft hired in the 80s and who they hire today are so vastly different. And the kind, you know, he didn't fit into the mold when he started working then. And he was kind of the different guy because he needed, they needed different skill sets in their business. If everybody's a programmer. And nobody's marketing and selling your business, then your business probably has a problem. And so we're I was talking to Mike about that, and you know, maybe hopefully we can convince Mike to be on our podcast at some point. That would be really cool, wouldn't it? Everybody send Mike a message now and say, hey, be on Coach C's podcast. I'm <laughs> just teasing. Um, but one of the things that I found fascinating is this new phenomenon of, um, you know, when you go into different workplaces, it's changed a lot. There's, you know, there used to be cubicles, and then there was offices, and now everything's an open, open palette. You know, you have stand up desks, and you, nobody has a, a space to go now, and it's kind of this open concept office. And what you see when you walk into these offices are people walking around with headphones on, noise canceling, noise reducing, and they talk less and they do more, and they still aren't communicating. So not only are we dealing with different, you know, and and Different leaders find that odd, you know. Um, one of my favorite uh, movies to watch and actually really equate this to is also there. There was a movie with um, James LaFranco and um, Brian Cranston. And the movie was about an older gentleman whose daughter fell in love with a billionaire tech guy. And the billionaire tech guy is in his early 20s, and the older gentleman had a a printing business. And just the vast differences in the way they communicated. And I thought that applied so well to businesses. If you haven't seen that movie, I think it's called Why My Daughter or Not My Daughter or something like that with James LaFranco and and Brian Cranston. Definitely watch it and watch it from the perspective of here's these tech young tech giants and a, and a businessman who's you know had a brick and mortar business and what are the differences in the way they communicate and how do they learn from each other? Because my point in all of this, and one of the big purposes of this particular podcast, is how do we learn from this multi-generational leadership? So we have four generations of leadership. The boomers and the gen X's have the most experience. But they didn't grow up in the tech era where, you know, by the time you were two or three years old, you had an iPad in your hand, or you, you know, we didn't they didn't grow up with, you know, they invented the internet. And the internet, the tools that the Gen, you know, the millennial generation and Gen Zs now use, they just take those things for granted, like breathing, right? So that's just the way the world always was for those two generations. And then you have the generations that that wasn't the way that the world was. And you bring those together, and you bring those into contact with each other, and you have this vast diversity. And there's so much learning and so much um, available. When we sit down and look at it, unfortunately, a lot of leaders now and a lot of people in the, in the workforce just find that so daunting. So instead of embracing that, those differences and embracing the way that we think differently and what our values are and what our different drivers and our different purposes are, we have a tendency to um, resist, so there's a tendency for a young, I was recently at a conference, and, and a young 20-something-year-old said, oh, people over 40 don't know what they're talking about. They're not the leaders. They, it's the millennial generation and my generation that will really lead the world. And you know that's one perspective. It's not wrong. It's just a perspective that limits their ability to actually learn from people who have a lot of experience. So if you're in Gen, a, in Gen Z or you're your a millennial and you're walking around going, oh, those people don't know what they're talking about, chances are you're not learning very much from them. And if you're a boomer or a Gen Xer and you don't understand why the Gen Zs and the millennials are walking around with you know, headphones on and they're podcasting and they're always typing and they're, they're like attached to their devices and they're not communicating, you, know, you might make that wrong. So really the whole purpose of this next six session series is to look at not only the vast differences, but what can we learn together? And how can we have literally a voice at the table? So one of the programs that we're going to be doing uh, for our clients and, and in our consulting practice is really bringing these different generations together and talking about what is the best way to maximize the learning and the values and the differentiators between us. Um, because I love learning from people. It doesn't matter. Um, yes, I'm, I'm a Gen X. It doesn't matter, though, to me what generation you are. I just love that learning. But I also want to be taught And sometimes the Gen uh, Zs and and our interns this summer, bless their hearts, we love you, Anthony and Jillian, you were amazing and you are amazing, but they would just go do things and they wouldn't show me how they did that. (laughs) And then I would still be dependent on them. And so there wasn't the learning. And then I learned, it's like, okay, maybe it's not the best use of my time to try and figure out You know some of that marketing stuff and the click funnels and the technology pieces, maybe the best use of my time is sharing with them what the vision is and what the intention is and why we're doing those things. And then they can go do that because they just know how to do the things that I didn't know how to do. Um, And if you're a parent, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you're a leader, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When someone just takes your phone and they do the thing on your phone and then you're like, well, how did you do that? You still don't know how to do it. So that's the kind of uh, cross-generational leadership and learning that we're talking about. And what are the things that we're looking for in our young leaders? So recently at Contrast Consulting, we've uh, reinvented and we've done a lot of really amazing things for the company, and we have a lot of different uh, women and men in our company, a lot of women right now, and we have hired someone new into the, um, she's our new chief of all things important, and uh, so Sydney Paluzzi is here with me today, and she qualifies as a millennial. And why I brought Sydney on as a special guest today onto our podcast is because she has a vast array of experience. So Sydney has been in large corporations. She's worked in large telecoms as well as startups. So I wanted us to learn from Sydney a little bit about that experience, a little bit about those different drivers, what she noticed from working in the large telecom in that inter different generation leadership. So some of the, you know, the longer term bosses, maybe the Gen X's and the boomers that were still around and the differentials and in the workforce. And we're going to ask her a lot of questions today and, and she's here with us. So Sydney, why don't we just welcome and introduce you? Good morning, everyone. It's Sydney here. Um, Thank you so much for being with us today. And obviously this is a, this was a surprise. I surprised Sydney. I said, we're going to do a podcast and you're going to be on it. And uh, so on top of all the learning that she's doing at Contrast this week, um, one of the que- I had a real um, burning desire to know a few things about you. And I think everybody who's listening to this podcast, who runs a company um, can really benefit from understanding. Often we hear things like millennials think differently and they want different things.
1: Do you think that's true? I do. Tell me um, more about it. I think that's true in the sense of we want to have a purpose in our job. Um, when it comes to our career it's not so much about the money aspect. Um, it's more about, you know, making an impact and a difference in the world. Um, so we want to go to work every day knowing that we're actually doing something for somebody or some other groups out there versus just coming to work and sitting down and putting your head down and not really like accomplishing anything at the end of the day. Whether it was just 200 emails you got through, that's not really accomplishing something. You're not making a change,
0: right? So you'd say you describe it more as making a change and and having a purpose, right? And you think that the previous generations before you didn't um, feel that way about their work?
1: They definitely did, but I feel like they were more constrained. Um, going back to my experience at a larger corporation, um, you're kind of put in this box, um, your job description and your duties, and you can't really go outside of that. Um, versus where my experience working with you at contrast and then working at other small companies, um, you kind of wear more hats, right? You wear multiple hats. There's more, um, I'd say there's more development. Um, so of course everyone has a purpose in life, but I feel like our generation, um, we can excel better because we have you guys to kind of help us get to that. And you guys know that that's what we like and you guys, the good leaders will help us achieve that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I love what you said in terms of, um, because I did call you out on something and, and what I called Sydney out on, and I don't know if you guys heard it or not was, you know, this whole concept, I think generationally, we all literally want the same thing. We want to know that you know whether you're a boomer. You want to know that your life made a difference. You want to know that you made an impact, that you provided leadership and and good management, and you brought people along in your organization, whether it's a big company or a small company. Whether you're Gen X, it's the same thing. And you know we all have a tendency to look at the previous generation and say we're going to do things differently. They screwed it up. We're going to fix it. And I remember working in the mining industry um, years and years ago and I was you know literally one of the babies on the field but I was a consultant and a coach and these older old timers we would call them with like 40 years of experience or 25 years of experience plus in the in the field and in their industry would look at me like what have I possibly got to learn from you and then we would start a conversation and they're like, wow, do I ever have a lot to learn from you? Once they embraced that, we can all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest difference is, is embracing the differences between us versus you know, resisting like you're old. You don't have anything to offer me. I'm young. I'm going to change the world. I have everything to offer you. And I love what you said about the, when you worked in a larger corporate experience and learning from other leaders, tell us more about that. What was some of your favorite parts about learning from the experience? So you obviously take that and you don't have to make the same mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? So you're, you're getting knowledge as well as gaining that experiential knowledge. So tell us a little bit more about
1: that. Um, so again, there's obviously different kinds of leaders. Um, I've had some where they don't really want you to grow and they don't want to de- you, like help you develop. Um, whereas I've had other bosses that they've been there for you in lar- large corporations. Like there's been times where I wanted to go to events and they'll be like, okay, Sydney, like, I'd love for you to come to this event, come with us, join us. And let's say it was like a Raptors game or a Leafs game. Um, you go and you mangle with network and mangle with the clients. Whereas there's other bosses that did the same, they were at the same level as that leader and they wouldn't let their quote unquote executive assistant, um, go to these events and, you know, grow and develop their, their abilities.
0: Yeah. And I think that's such an important point because in any, and it talks, it doesn't matter what generation of leader you are. If you're not growing and developing people, you're not leading them. Mm-hmm. And what their growth and development, you want to find out what's important to them. So why do you want to go to those events? Why is it important for you to network with people? So maybe let's talk about the drivers of your generation, because I often hear complaints from, from leaders, what drives millennials? And, and you said it, It's you're not motivated by money. You're motivated more by experience and impact. What are the things that when you took on a new role and took on new jobs that you wanted for yourself?
1: Um, So I'd say the millennial generation wants flexibility. Um, They want a lot of the work-life balance. I know there's a lot of companies out there, um, I've read articles on that they'll give you, there's not really an amount of vacation days, let's say. Um, There's more so they give you the trust that you won't take three weeks at a time or four weeks at a time. Um, And they kind of say, okay, take as many vacation days as you need. They are paid. Um, But of course, that makes us want to work harder for that person because we're like, we're that company because we're like, okay, they trust us. We're going to give them back what they're giving us. It's more of like a respect um, aspect.
0: I love those words, trust and respect. You know, when you have trust and respect in the culture of your company, you really are, um, you're working together you know and and i think that is a key thing because if you go into companies where there's a lot of you know i'll call red tape and tyranny and and you have to follow these rules it turns people off and they they tend to be the companies that have higher turnover rates right. so companies that embrace more and i think the tech industry is very good at this they embrace the fact that you know their, their employees are probably pulling in 12 to 14 hour days. Mm-hmm. So when those employees say, whoa, I need a break, I'm going to take four or five days off, or I'm going to take you know, an extra day on the week, they don't say anything about that because they know how hard and how engaged mm-hmm. their people are. Um, and I've, al- I've already seen that in your own work ethic. You know, there have been days it's like, okay, Sid, close the laptop, time to go home, right? We have long days ahead of us. So, and, and amazingly so, you know, I embrace that culture as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that might have been what attracted you to Contrast is, mm-hmm. is already embracing. It's like, we're here as a team, we're working together, and we're going to learn from each other and grow. Right? What are some of the other things, like flex time, um, what are some of the other things that are drivers for what, I'd say
1: um that we don't like to settle. Um so again if somebody's not open um like they're not an open leader and they're not willing to allow you to develop then you're kind of just going to find another job and move on to the next one. Yeah. Um I've read a lot of articles too that say that we move from job to job to job very very quickly. Um Obviously, some would say that that's not good for your resume, um, but then at the same time, that's good for, I'd say, your experience, and then knowing what you want, and you're not settling. At the same time, you're gaining all this exposure and all this experience, and you're not going to... Hold on. I was just going to say, you're not going to stop and you're not going to stay there at one spot, even though, let's say your generation would say, oh my gosh, I would never do that. Our parents or our bosses told us to stay somewhere for 10 years.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's more the boomers, to be quite honest with you. My generation typically changed careers probably six, seven times or reinvented themselves. And a lot of, uh, I think what you're talking about and pointing to is reinvention, but you really touch on a good point because- Leaders want their employees to stay in those roles for longer periods of time. It's really expensive to lose your lose your employees right. because they want they are like they get bored. Mm-hmm. You know they want to try different things. They want to expand. Well, if you're allowing people to expand in new roles inside the company, they won't leave the company. Right. If you're allowing that to happen and they're flourishing, they won't necessarily leave because they don't feel that desire to leave. If they're not flourishing, then that 13-month turnover rate will happen sooner rather than later. And some companies are experiencing they might not even get an entire year out of their employees. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great point because it's an expensive one for organizations because training costs and, and bringing people on and then finally you get them onboarded and you get them you know in a place where they know the job and then they want to leave it. Right. It's so expensive. And I don't know what the solution to that is other than, you know, Pulling out that, how do you satisfy that need for change while being in the company? You know, if you're in a larger corporation, do you shuffle the deck every year and, you know, throw up the cards and go, okay, guys. What's your next thing, and how are you going to? Vote? And then figure out how to do that because often companies and, and leaders that and business owners will come to me and say, "I just can't get good people to do the right things," and that's one of the struggles with leaders today. You know, knowing the skill set also. So certain certain personality types, and and when we work with Robin Booth, um, one of our our uh, joint um, partners, he will often put our our um, clients through, you know, what is their personality type and what kinds of jobs match those personalities? So are they, are they an implementer? Are they an executor? Do they have a big vision? And how do you have all that balance on a team while you're dealing with all these cross-generational leaders and and cross-generational people coming into the company? Um, What are some of the things that if you were to give advice to, uh, let's say, a mid-sized company, not a big corporate that's very hard to turn around. I mean, we know you've had experience there, but a mid-sized company who has multiple generations of leadership, what advice would you give
1: them? Um, My advice would be so that not so everyone has a voice, and I would say to not Obviously, there's a time and place for everything. You're not going to go to this large board meeting and you're not going to express your opinions there. Um, But I would say to make everyone feel comfortable and included at their workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure, yes, we all, going back to the job description, we all have that job description. But just if you see that this person has a good idea, just because they're young or just because they're new to the company, I think that you should still give them the chance to speak um, because again, like you said, everyone can learn from one another. Yeah. We're all learning from. You know, I would never say, "Oh, I'm not going to." Going back to what you said about the young lady at the conference, I would never say I'm not going to learn from someone over forty because we're the change. We're not. I still need you. I still need to learn from you. And then there's things that you may know that I don't know, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, so I just say that everybody has a voice um, to be, you know, to be there to listen, and you know, not just shut people down um, because they're from a certain generation or a certain age. I think that's spot on. And, uh, you know, one of the
0: reasons why we call our, one of our programs, a voice at the table is really to bring that multi-generational learning. And what do you think about being called a millennial? So I've interviewed a lot of millennials and
1: I I get mixed responses. I want to hear yours. So it's good and bad. Um, I wouldn't say that it's good in the sense of there's sort of like that, I guess, what do you call it? The, um, it's like a negative connotation yeah, a to negative it. a negative impact just because of the term. Um, whereas, if you really go and deep dive and do an interview on 10 different millennials I feel like you're going to get a different perspective from each one but I just feel like there's a negative connotation on the term itself
0: yeah I I agree with you and and it has become something of a thing with leaders it's like oh they're a millennial and they are very dismissive about it and when I call them out on call those when I'm coaching those particular leaders I'll say actually what would it be like if you tapped into that power of now Mm-hmm. Because my experience with with your generation is really you want things now. You want to know what's happening now. And there's this this robustness where you go after things because there is a sense of instant gratification. Where you've always had the access to technology, you've always been able to access information, you've always had that. And previous generations had to wait. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that speed of implementation. We didn't have that agility. We we had to wait there in, you know. When Nike started, I'm reading uh, Shoe Dog right now, and when Phil Knight started, he literally was sending letters by mail to Japan, right? And then waiting for Japan to send letters back, right? So, and, and that whole thing, and when he got on an airplane to go to Japan, that his everybody thought he'd lost his mind. Like his family was like, are you crazy to follow this dream? They supported him, but at the same time, people were like, you must be crazy to have this big vision. And back then, when he started Nike, it was you know, it wasn't even called Nike. He started with shoes called Tigers. I don't even know if you guys know what those no. shoes are. Cindy's looking at me going, "I have no what, <laughs> no idea what a tiger is." I actually remember what those shoes looked like. Um, <laughs> how was Nike going to you know move Adidas off the pedestal? So my point though is, your generation never had that that slow wait time, mm-hmm. and so what our generation can learn from you guys is how to be adaptive and quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think vice versa is how do you then take all that experience so that when you be adaptive and you move quickly, you're not making so many mistakes. Because I think often what happens is people think, oh, we'll try this and we'll try that. And there's a lot of hot flash in the pan ideas. And then when they don't have any meat behind them or they don't have any experience behind them, then they're like, oh, well, that's a bad idea. We'll throw it at the window. Actually, it might have been a brilliant idea with a little bit of um, uh, finessing and a little bit of business fundamentals behind that. That's what we get that idea off the ground. And I think that's what you're talking about is that cross, cross-generational learning. Mm-hmm. Another question I have for you is what do you think, um, gen, what do you think of the Gen Zs?
1: Um, So my sister is from Gen Z and I would say that we're pretty similar but again I didn't have going back to what you said about the iPad in your hand when you're two years old like I never had that. I didn't get that probably until my first phone was when I was allowed was like maybe 13. Whereas now I would say that like seven and eight year olds literally go to school with a phone sure it might be just for emergencies um, for their parents to contact them but they have they know how to do things that let's say I honestly wouldn't even know how to do. Yes. So again, you're learning from every different generation. Like I'm still learning from my sister. There's things that she'll need to explain to me um, or I'll give my phone to her and I'll say, can you fix this too? You know, and then we all learn from one another. Yeah, yeah. Change um, is necessary for any transformation. Like in your business, you talk about change and growing and, you know, getting to that breakthrough and that transformation. And I feel like everyone knows that we all just have to be more aware and remember that. Right. Yeah. A little bit more
0: conscious and a little bit less judgmental. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think one of the biggest things when we get everybody um, together in rooms and when we start talking, it's the judgments that get in our way right? It's the judging and assessing it. And that has nothing to do necessarily. You can apply that whether you have the same, you know, a room full of the same aged people or a room full of multi-generational people. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's the flaw and the characteristics and qualities of being human. Mm -hmm. It is the design of being human. And, and that has us make those judgments, those assessments so quickly, like, what do you have to offer me? You know, in it also men and women have the same judgments it's a man mm-hmm. and you stop listening you listen to men a certain way or women walk in the room they men listen to women a certain way and that's that whole we we could talk forever on that one because there's a lot of work to be done in that space um but i think i i love what you're touching on in terms of i think there's huge opportunities to harness all of this experience along with the the You know the generations that have been growing up on technology, and I I laughed a little bit when you said I didn't have an iPad or a phone in my hand until I was like maybe 13 or 14. Um, I still had a corded phone. Okay, (laughs) my phone was on a cord, and my first um, wireless phone came in a big bag. All right, I had a a wireless bag phone in my car (laughs) for safety reasons. All right, (laughs) so it's it's very interesting, and I notice now you know even with my kids. Uh, you know, I have a 16 year old, a 14 year old, and a five year old, and the five year old knows more about technology, and he doesn't even have to push a button. He just goes, "Hey Siri, who won the hockey game last night?" Right, and that's how he uses technology. It's all voice command now, that's true. which is very different than when the other two were older, and you know they wanted phones when they were younger too, and they all have them, but. I just find it so fascinating that the older two look at that and go, "That's weird that you're using." He's using all voice commands instead of like going online and looking stuff up. He just verbally commands the phone. Even that will change the way, and artificial intelligence changes the way that our up and coming generations will be leading in the future, mm-hmm. and that's exciting. Right, um, But as long as, we pa- as long as we harness the experiences from each other and we really quell those judgments and assessments. Mm-hmm. So in looking at your own what's next and what you want to do with your career and how you want to grow and develop, and this is a selfish question, but what do you want?
1: Um, so this morning, as I, I was actually telling my boyfriend, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this podcast. Like she only told me this morning. I'm really nervous. I've never done one. What do I do? Um, so I think that going, like speaking on my experience at contrast already, it's only been a few days, but I like that you're like pushing me out of my comfort zones, um, that you're again, going back to that growth and development, you're allowing me to do these things and I'll only get better. Practice makes perfect. Um, going back to the events um, portion, like I did some at Rogers. I, di- I didn't. I um, did I'm doing them tonight. It's my third, fourth night on the job and I'm right. already going to an event. Um, of and course. you're running the event. Right. I'm running the event. So and she's been introduced learn. as the girl boss who runs IMN. <laughs> so I have um, a lot to learn, but I have, I feel like I have a very exciting future here. Um, I'm not restricted in any way, yeah, um, which is great. Thanks, Christine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that.
0: That's awesome. And we're really excited to have Sydney on the team and really to be able to build the team um, to attract amazing talent and amazing people. Uh, We feel very blessed and very lucky. And obviously I would say we're doing something right in the company and we do something right with our clients because I'm now going to share with you, um, Sydney sought us out. Uh, We weren't looking for new talent. We weren't, you know, we'd had kind of a team in place and it was okay. It wasn't fabulous, but I'd been. It was. It was just starting uh, with with some of our new administrative help, and then Sydney went and she sought me out and she sold me. She knew what she wanted and she got my attention and that's really hard to do. Even the the recruiters who were, you know, trying to put Sydney in front of me before, I'd already kind of been interviewing somebody else and um, they put, they were trying to put Sydney in front of me and I was like, no, I'm good, I've got talent, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And she just, she went around them, she went through them and I went, that's the kind of person I want on my team. And I want somebody who gets your attention and who's going to be relentless. And um, when you're in a in a business that is run, you know, by someone who has a big vision, you need people who can get stuff done. You need people working with you who understand you've got a big vision and what their role is in that and to take on that leadership perspective. And I really, it, at first, and then it was a little scary. You know, it was like, oh, what if she's too much to handle, right? What if the personality's <laughs> too big? And, I, and then it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm just so thrilled that number one, um, and I say this to you guys often, those who listen to this is be a yes before you can be a no. You know, and really try things that push you out of your comfort zone and try new things and listen in ways that it's like, if I implemented that, what business impact would it have? What would be my return on investment? So always tying your performance to your results and looking, is that a smart decision in my business? And hiring Sydney, I can already tell within the first week was one of the smartest things we have done in a very long time. And last year in 2018, we really did um, have some misfires in, in our hiring strategy. We didn't necessarily have the right People doing the right things for their skill sets, and I as the leader, I'm fully, I'm 100% accountable for that. So that's on me. It's not on anybody else. But um, it's exciting now, and I'm excited for t- what 2019 is going to bring our company as well as our clients. You know, all that learning that we did last year is allowing us to go into 2019 with that much more experience. And sometimes those mistakes and those failures that you make actually point you in the direction that you needed to go. So Um, Wherever you are in the world today and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope that you look at your team and figure out how do you create a functioning cross- cross-generational team that really makes big impact so that they're learning. You bring all that learning together and all that knowledge and all that experience together to really have a breakthrough in your business. And I think that's really important is to put the right people in place and to understand, you know, what will be the biggest difference and to allow everyone to have a voice at the table, to harness the power of now. Harness those generations and then harness that experience and imagine what's possible in your business. So just imagine where you're going to go when you have all of that in place. And with that, we will leave off and we're going to be speaking in the next couple of days on our next podcast series to some senior level leaders who um, have dealt with millennials and what's it like for them on the other side of the table and, and what's their frustrations? What do they love about it? And, uh, and what, can be, what can we do differently to really um, embrace this cross-generational leadership? Thanks again for being with us, Sydney. Thank you. Take care.